You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. Well, for all of those who have been listening, this is the last episode on the gospel. I hope that as you've walked through, you've come to understand that more intimately, and you've also come to apply it more regularly into your life. Still, because I love this, we have to end with a question, and this is the question that I think rises out of everything that we've learned. If in the end the gospel really is focused on the kingdom of God, then how do we bring that kingdom about? That, that's a natural and a good question that we should be asking at this point. And I hope that when I ask that question, your first response, your instinctual response, because it's so needed, is it's God's work, not ours. Unfortunately, though, that doesn't prove to be the case. We really like to jump ahead. We'll struggle with that for our whole entire lives, that we'll try to accomplish God's purposes instead of waiting for him to show us what he wants done and then working with him in the process rather than asking him to follow our lead and work with and for us. And so if that is the way that the kingdom comes about, then we're going to have to fight against this on a regular basis. And this is something that Jesus knew. He saw it in his own disciples, and he saw it in the people who were following him. And so he provided for them a model prayer. We regularly go to this prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and it's called the Lord's Prayer is how we often refer to it. I think a better name for it, because it does not actually have that title in the actual prayer, is to call it not the Lord's Prayer, but the Prayer of Discipleship, because it was the model prayer for Jesus' disciples to live this life that Jesus was trying to teach them how to live, and he knew they needed guidance and instruction in their everyday lives. And so I want to unpack that prayer and be able to help give us an idea of how we would go ahead and be able to live this life for his kingdom, but by his grace, by his guidance and his instruction, not by ours. So let's go ahead and unpack this prayer in a way that not only makes sense to us, but would have made sense to the original here. Stated in more of the language that would have come across to the original hearers here, uh, our papa, uh, our daddy, that whatever term that makes you feel closest to your father, our really close one, we can come sit on your lap, Who's where? In heaven. Who's presently and always available. Hallowed be thy name. What's interesting about the tense of that verb is that it's a passive. It's not, hey, make your name great. It's literally, let your name be made great. By whom? By us, the ones who are praying it. And the way that we do that is by that word hallowed. It it literally is the word sanctified, set apart. And we learn this from the very beginning. How are we sanctified? When we simply come to God. When we are brought out from this world to be solely and directly focused on Him. So our first prayer is essentially 
what we learned eternal life in heaven is. It's about being intimately connected with the ever-present God. And as we're intimately connected with him, we become like him, just like any relationship. It rubs off on you and you become like that person or that thing that you are intimately related with. The first line is that we want eternal life in the heavens. We want to live life the way that it was meant to be. And as we simply live with him, his name is going to stand out. How? Because that's what our calling is from the very beginning. We were made image bearers. And as we hang out with our Papa, then our Papa makes us like him. And wherever we go, people see him, people hear him, people interact with him. And he becomes beautiful to us and beautiful through us in this process. What a great way to start this prayer of discipleship. We want eternal life in heaven, but that's not it. Let's keep on going. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Asking for his kingdom to come is an active ask. You've got to make this happen. Well, how does God make his kingdom come? He tells us what to do. And how does it really come to this earth and his will is done on this earth as it is in heaven? When we actually do whatever he tells us to do. So no wonder when it says the kingdom come, it's inactive. Tell us what to do, God, that's your responsibility. Now, thy will be done, it's a passive. Let's, let us do what brings you glory. Let us put you on the throne. Let us make you the head of everything on this earth, just like you are in the heavens. And because you rule this entire kingdom, because you are the sovereign, because you are the Lord, and every good thing comes through you, we're turning to you at this moment and we're saying, please give us today what we need. Give us our daily bread. Just fill us up. And if you can fill us up today, we know. We know you'll fill us up tomorrow. We know you'll take care of those things. So all we have to do is just be in the present. Just be in the present with you, seeing what you want done, done. Whatever it is you ask, we'll do it. Because we're your kingdom subjects. What an incredible focused prayer of discipleship. And then next, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We saw from John, we love because he first loved us. We forgive. How? Because he forgave us first. This is a request that we don't ever forget, that we just were knuckleheads. We make mistakes. We do things wrong. And he's not standing over us looking to just pound us. He's our papa, always there. I mean, he saw this before we're even telling him about it because he's always present. He didn't cut us off. He didn't condemn us in that moment. He just stands there saying, I want to fix it. Will you tell me what you did? And not only will I forgive you, but I'll forgive through you. I'll fill you with so much grace, so much mercy that you can then turn to the people who do dumb stuff in your family and do dumb stuff at your work and do dumb stuff in your nation and go, hey, I don't think you realize what you're doing and I'm not here to explain it to you. Just let me show you grace. Let me show you mercy because I've gotten more than my fair share. And that is a great thing. It's great that we can turn to God in any problem and ask him to just forgive us and heal us and make things right. But it is a little tiring. 
And, and so that's the next part of the prayer is don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Don't let us go down the roads that we always seem to get in trouble. If, if our tongues are always just lying, if, if our eyes are always lusting, if our hands are always stealing, and this just, is just a habit and a pattern of our lives, then why not cut it off at the past? Because this is our Papa that we represent. And, and this is his kingdom that we want to see. And man, we're getting in the way. Yes, he'll forgive us a billion times. But why a billion times? Could it be one less? Could, could we start to see the areas that we mess up in and just say, you know what? <laughs> I lose it all the time. My, I have such a problem with my anger. Man, I have such a problem with jealousy. I'm tired of it. I think you're tired of it. I think the world around me is tired of this. Could, could you just enable me by your spirit to, to see where I'm going before I'm going there? Keep me from these places that I get so tempted and fall and bring disrepute to your name. And just I, I thank you for your, for your forgiveness, but wouldn't it be okay if you didn't have to forgive me? And that's the only thing. Could you just protect me and keep me away from this? This is the prayer of salvation, to see deliverance and healing in every single area of our lives, in the world around us, in every single place, in every single time. This is the prayer of discipleship. By saying this, there's only one refrain that gets repeated twice in this prayer. And it's the very last one, for thine is the kingdom Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. In case you want to make eternal life in heaven the center point, or salvation, or even discipleship, those are all parts of the goodness I have to offer. But the center point and the thing you want, the thing you're praying for, is for my kingdom to come. You want it to be all about me. You're in love with me. You're taken by me. You, you truly think, just like your dad, he could beat up anybody. He, he could fix any problem. There is nothing that he can't do. He is awesome. Yours is the power. And in the end, yours is the glory. Let them speak about you. Let them talk about you. Let them be drawn to you. Could, could I decrease so that you increase? Could everything be about my great good dad, the one who loves me and all of his creation so much that he cannot, he will not give up on us? That is a great, great prayer. And may it become so much more than just a daily prayer, but may it work into the depths of our heart so it really becomes our greatest desire to see his kingdom come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I hope you've enjoyed being able to walk through this series and find out more about the gospel so that you can not only understand it, but live from it. If you do have more questions or want more resources, please visit my website at drjasonlanker.com. That's drjasonlanker.com. And thanks for listening.